and you're listening to The Bracket at 9 p.m. Sunday night. Why is my radio voice like a 75-year-old lady? You're listening to The Bracket. Welcome to The Bracket, a podcast where we discuss our 64 favorite movies. We have them battle it out to see which movie will reign supreme. We banter, we bicker, we battle Star Galactica. On today's show, we discuss Reservoir Dogs versus Pulp Fiction, and afterwards, we discuss this week in Bracket News and talk it out. Enjoy. I'm Rich. And I'm Francisco. This is The Bracket. In the blue corner. Let's talk about, no, before we get to blue and red corner, let's talk about in the dark corner, uh, our producer is eating pizza. On the low. Look, look at that. He is, he is munching away. It's all right. It's not the thickest crust I've ever seen, so he should be fine. <laughs> Nice. I'm turned away because I don't want the microphone to hear me. Why? It's Are you afraid they can see you too? It's impossible. Because we can see you and it's pretty rough. It's impossible with those shoes. <laughs> well, now it is. <laughs> if you weren't hungry before, now you're hungry. Now you're definitely not. <laughs> wow, that's really aggressive. In the blue corner, this movie was released in October 8th, 1992. From director Quentin Tarantino, starring Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, Chris Penn, and Steve Buscemi. This movie scored 91% in Rotten Tomatoes, weighing in at 1 hour 39 minutes. Reservoir Dogs. In the Red Corner, being released September 23rd, 1994, from director Quentin Tarantino. Cast starring Uma Thurman, Samuel Jackson, John Travolta, Bruce Willis, Tim Roth, Harvey Keitel, Eric Stoltz, Ving Rhames, and Quentin Tarantino himself. This movie scored 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Also, this movie won Best Original Screenplay Oscar at the Academy Awards, weighing in at 2 hours 58 minutes, Pulp Fiction. When did you first see Reservoir Dogs, Senor Francisco? It's not racist because I used your full name. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember. I, probably, I was probably 14 first time I saw it. Damn. Yeah. Who did you watch it with? Probably by myself. Uh, I, I don't remember, but I was young. Um, what did 14-year-old Francisco say to himself that made him want to watch Reservoir Dogs? It's an odd choice for a 14-year-old, unless you know about it. No, no, I didn't. And I think that's why I like this movie so much, because it was so... Different? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's it's one of my favorite films, I, I gotta say. I, I, I've always liked this movie. Hmm. Hashtag Contender? For you? Yes. Wow. For sure. Um, it, it's, it's, I don't know, for me, and I know um, all of um, Tarantino? Tarantino's films are, you know, they have, they're not so linear, but I yeah, think... Yeah, they're very unique. Yeah. In but general. I think Reservoir Dogs is, you know, one of those where you, you, you already know more than the characters, mm-hmm. which... You know, you're 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 at the edge of your seat because you can't you can't talk to them and you really right. want to tell them what's going on. Um, yeah, I can see that. I don't know. It's 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 really great film in my eyes. Producer, when did you first see Reservoir Dogs? Uh, I can't remember actually. I know that I the first Tarantino I ever watched was um, Glorious Bastards. And please no swearing on the podcast. Huh? No oh. swearing on the podcast. Okay. But. Uh, did you swear? No, because I said bastards. Oh. <laughs> but that movie made me want to go watch more of his movies. And then I, I think Pulp Fiction was the first, the second movie that I watched. 
and then I just went down the line and saw Reservoir Dogs. But it was just like at home when it was on Netflix. Yeah. That's still really, not like a few years ago. Hmm. So I first saw it, I wanted my, my brother-in-law to be part of the podcast today because he's actually who introduced me to Tarantino films. Um, growing up, I was like unique filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So some of my favorite movies were like some of the Zach Braff directed movies that he did because he was just a familiar face that I know was doing indie mm-hmm. movies. And my brother-in-law tells me, whatever you're watching for indie movies is complete shit if you've never watched Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And basically shat on some of my favorite movies that I ever watched. And he's like, if you like those movies, you're going to love Tarantino and everything he does. Mm-hmm. So he showed me Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs um, at the exact same time, pretty mm-hmm. much. I was maybe 15. Oh, wow. Um, so the first time I watched them, I didn't understand it. Didn't understand why it was cool. I knew it was different. I recognized that it was different, but I just didn't care, mm-hmm. to be completely honest with you, with both movies. The first time I saw Pulp Fiction, I was like, I mean, it has its cool moments, but I just don't care, for some, whatever reason. I was like that more um, with Pulp Fiction. Um, so then, back into Reservoir Dogs, right, because we're mm-hmm. still just starting on that one. I watched it and kind of just was along for the ride, but didn't really, again, care about the characters at the time. I didn't understand like why it was a struggle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just I didn't watch it at the right age, but I think that was a lot of my first grasp was the first time watching it. Mm-hmm. What was your most memorable moment from the first few times watching it? Um, it has to be the first scene, the 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 diner scene. Oh yeah, and and finding out that he's actually you know the cop, who um, Miss uh, Mr. Orange, right? Uh, when he actually you know saves the cop. And tells them I'm I'm actually a cop, and the and the cop actually also says, yeah, I know, and you know, and you can actually right. tell that he was he was actually he wasn't gonna say anything about knowing that they were actually set up. I thought you meant the diner scene where they talked about tipping. No, yeah, yeah, those two scenes. Those, oh, okay. The, those so two scenes. Those are two, one, different, two, okay. two different. Two uh, different memorable uh, moments. For me, uh, um, the diner scenes for, for sure. Yes, yeah. it's a. Uh, you know, it's, it's hilarious. One thing Quentin Tarantino does, he does a very good job of blowing his load on the first scene of the movie. Mm-hmm. He does the exact same thing in, in Glorious Bastards where he shows the best of Christoph Waltz you can possibly see mm-hmm. in that first scene. It's the same exact thing as Reservoir Dogs. The opening scene of that movie, you're just sitting there like, I don't even care where the movie goes from this point. This is fucking awesome. Just mm-hmm. six dudes at a table just bullshitting each other. Right, 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 right. I really enjoy that scene. And I want to say that the especially the tipping scene was... Why um why I like this movie so much because I that's something that I've always a conversation what I always have like I don't I don't really like tipping and it's for some of the same reasons that it's you don't you know you don't right. tip everybody the same way. Yeah, it's a it's a fun debate to have. Yeah, here the bracket we're against tipping. That's not what he said at all. Um, I'm actually a very good tipper, and if you spit on my food because of things that Francisco said, shame on you. Um, that being said, the last, time I went to, the last time I went to Jersey Mike's, you deserve me to spit on your fucking face. Moving Wait, on. what happened at Jersey Mike's? Yes, please. I went to Jersey Mike's after a Bracket podcast with the producer. I ordered... Did he recognize us? Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> it's so weird that it's just like radio, they don't see your face, so they have no idea who you are. It's just so weird. Are so many fans you right. know, asking us fan questions. Like, what do you think about Henry Cavill leaving Superman? All that kind of stuff. But, I mean, we have to get back on track. Radio. And the fact is... Motherfucking Jersey Mike's took a half an hour to make two sandwiches, and ten other people went in front of me. I was upset. So here, I'm saying in stone, we will never be sponsored by Jersey Mike's. Those motherfuckers. Subway. Subway. Eat shit. What were some of your favorite quotes from uh, Reservoir Dogs? 
Producer, did you have any favorite moments you wanted to bring up before we move to quotes? Moments would be the the ear cutting scene. That was awesome. Where he sings. Michael Madsen's crazy. Yeah. Every time you listen to that song, that's the first thing you can, like think of. It's just him dancing and then cutting off the ear. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Favorite moments for me? Um, I honestly think that's the conclusion of the movie where Harvey Keitel realizes that Tim Roth had been lying to him the whole movie mm-hmm. was so satisfying because he felt like he put himself out there for for Harvey Ke- or for Tim Roth's character, Mr. Orange, mm-hmm. and he basically just like, how dare you betray me in this in this moment after yes. I just vouched for you in front of everybody? I really like that. Just hits home because you can just see the like the defeated state state he's in. Um, I don't really have any best quotes though for the movie. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, besides the the ones I already mentioned, I don't. I don't... Right, the whole tipping dialogue is really good. But I mean, the... I mean, the one how about the, the burger? Um, you know, when he's like, he's like, oh, you, you forget your drink with your burger. He's like, no, I already had that. Yeah, just that funny. that confidence. No, I already ate it. Hilarious. <laughs> how about um, the line that that Steve Buscemi's character says in the whole movie? I can't remember. He's Mr. Pink, mm-hmm. but he said, well, "How about why do I have to be Mr. Pink?" <laughs> Because Mr. Purple's taken. <laughs> um, he has a really good quote where he like he keeps repeating like we can't trust anybody. There was a rat. There we was a setup. Like that whole like he kept it was like a mantra. He just kept saying it to make himself feel better because like he knew that something was wrong with the situation. Mm-hmm. I think once you like know the whole story in the movie, you're like, oh wow, he was really actually smart to be able to catch on to that. Um, did you notice that orange balloon? Um, no. When. Right at the the first time you see, what is it, Nice Guy Mike? I think that's his name. Nice Guy Something, or Nice Something. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yes, that's played by uh, Chris Penn, I believe. Um, well, yeah. the first scene you ever see him in, he's driving in a car. Right. And you see the car pass by, and there's actually a, a, a orange balloon. I didn't notice that. Pa- passing, um, like, getting dragged by that's, the wind. That's pretty funny. So, yeah, yeah. For, so, to be Mr. Orange. Mm-hmm. A little, so I thought it was, like, a little hint of, yeah. of who was the rat, basically. Yes, it, um, that's, that's a Quentin Tarantino move. Especially with, with what I what it follows, because that whole scene is just uh, is just him saying, like, oh, I don't know anything, uh... You know, I don't know who was there. I don't know who's alive and all that. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just right before that, you just got a little hint of, oh, it was Miss Orange. And I want to say I did catch it the first time. Not, really? not, not what it was, but just, I'm really good at catching little side things. Not about who was the rat, but why is that? Uh, why is that in the film? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm always about why is that in the film and what does it mean? So I do remember catching it the first time. Unless I really care about the movie, I'm terrible about catching it. Really? Like, so, like, in Dunkirk, there's a really obvious plot twist in the movie mm-hmm. that I caught the first time watching it, because I was like, this story just doesn't make sense the way it's being told. Mm-hmm. So the plot twist is that every storyline is happening at the same time. It's not really a pot- plot twist, but it's a little bit of a twist that some people, I guess, were complaining they didn't see coming. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I didn't really care about it in Dunkirk, because I didn't think it was done or executed the right way. But I, didn't, I wouldn't be the one to catch the orange balloon being the hint Mm-hmm. That he was the actual uh, rat in the group, but um, there was a fucking rat in the group. Steve Buscemi told everybody something. Um, something that I've always wondered, and I've never actually done research on it. Probably should. Um, is Mr. White's name in 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 Reservoir Dogs, and then his name in Pulp Fiction is he's the wolf. He's the wolf, and they both start with W. So I always wonder if he might be the same character, and then just obviously has a different alias for different things. Well, that, and, the only reason that'd be a problem is if he died after Pulp Fiction. And Pulp Fiction came out second. 
he died after Pork Did he? Because he dies at the end of Reservoir Dogs. Doesn't it flash out to nothing? Right, but he had already shot Mr. Orange. Mm-hmm. So that would mean all the rest of the shots were the cops firing at him. Do you really think Mr. White's alive at the end of Reservoir Dogs? Yeah. Producer. I'm looking it up. I think it's like an... It's close to 100% that How do you... Died. Okay, how do you not know Mr... Mr. Purple got back and maybe that's what they shot up? It's a lot more far-fetched because Mr. Purple was a whole different group. He said that somebody else was Mr. Purple because they were on a different team. So that's even more likely, unlikely. Well, no, what I'm saying is because there they was two missing. Else? Well, there was two missing. Mr. I believe it was Mr. Purple and Mr. Brown died, right? There was no Mr. Purple in this group. Then who was the who was Quentin Tarantino? Mr. Brown. 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 Then who was the old guy? There was Mr. Blue. That was the old guy. He okay, died. sorry, I got him confused. Those two died mm-hmm. okay, for sure. So, so nobody else would have came back unless Mr. Pink I showed up. I think back only up. Mr. Blue died. Brown, Quentin Tarantino, I don't think he was confirmed. Maybe actually not. killed. So We're terrible reviewers. <laughs> we don't even know. Mr. White, his real name was Larry Dim- Dimmick. And in Pulp Fiction, the character's name was Winston the Wolf Wolf. See, they're all with W. I don't know. It's just something nope. funny, and I think it would be... <laughs> like, in my mind, he's the same character, and for me, it makes Reservoir Dogs better... Because I think it's a younger the wolf, if you know what I'm saying. Because I can see the that for the fiction. romanticism in you, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the character Mr. Blonde, uh-huh. his name is Vic Vega. Yeah, and so he's, he's related to, to Vincent from Pulp Vega fiction. Yeah. from Pulp Fiction. And that's supposed to be Michael Madsen's character was Mr. Blonde. Mr. Blonde's the one that cuts yeah. the yeah yeah, yeah Michael Madsen. Um, is there any plot holes that you missed from Reservoir Dogs, or any scenes that you missed that you think were were, you know, big plot points. For some reason, I forgot how how crazy uh, Mr. Blonde was. I didn't catch it the first times, and this time I was like, I was like, okay, he's, he's actually a, a dickhead. And yeah. I think it was because, um, you know, you have more more Joker stuffs coming in, and you see that kind of psycho thing. Yeah. More more relatable than than back then. Michael Madsen be a good Joker. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing when I was watching the movie. Put a little face paint on that dude. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at it Especially at all. Especially with his age. He gets right a lot now. of hate though, because yeah. of like other movies that he's done. Wasn't he in like one of the fucking Sharknados or something? I he think was in so. something stupid. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, for plot holes, I didn't miss anything. The only thing watching this movie again was very very fortunate for me because I actually forgot almost the entire story. Like I knew I watched the movie in the past, but I forgot who the rat was. So I'm watching it again with fresh eyes, almost like I never watched it before, which is a great feeling. Watching like a classic movie you know you like, mm-hmm. but forgetting kind of how it goes. Um, so I really like that. I didn't see the twist coming. I kind of got the idea that it was Mr. Orange at the at the coffee table at the beginning because he was really? the only one trying to be nice, like mm-hmm. over the top being nice to people. And to me, that was one of the only significant differences I noticed from the table. Definitely didn't call it. But I just noticed that he was nice. I was like, maybe this dude's a little fishy. I, I, I think I didn't catch it because I think they mentioned him being the new guy or something like that. Uh, so I thought he was just him trying to fit in. One other thing I noticed, though, that would kind of give it away to him is that when he's in the back of the car and he'd just been shot, they're driving and he's and, and Harvey, Keitel keeps, Harvey Keitel keeps telling him, we're going to be fine, I'll get you a doctor, do 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 uh, Mr. Orange is in the backseat being like, I don't care if I go to jail, I just want to get to the hospital, I want to live, I want to live. He didn't care about going to jail because he probably didn't have the fear that he was going to jail anyway. Mm-hmm. 
So if you're an actual criminal, you're like, no, 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 give me to the shady doctor. Right, right, I, right. I don't want to go to jail for real. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was like another little tick, but it definitely wasn't enough for me to confirm it. Mm -hmm. It was just nice going back into the movie as a mystery and trying to guess who it actually was that was the rat. Yeah. Any notices on the soundtrack that you wanted to bring up? We play Hooked on a Feeling. The only other movie recently that's done that is Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Hmm. So I was playing like the soundtrack when I got here, and they were playing Hooked on a Feeling, and I'm sitting here humming along, and I was like, oh, I'm such a nerd. Um, what separates Reservoir Dogs and make it, makes it special to you? I want to say, like I said, the, the not-so-structured story, but, I mean, that's kind of more of a Tarantino thing than, mm -hmm. than anything, but for me, that, that's it. It was actually pretty linear, though, considering the movie that it is, because a, a lot of it is told, it starts at the coffee table, so you know that's pretty close to the mm -hmm. beginning, then it gets into the getaway and mm -hmm. then they get to the hotel. There's only a little bit of like a maybe an hour gap in between the getaway and the coffee table. Yeah, but you also get a little bit of a backstory and everything. And, and you start to stitch a little bit of the clues left behind. Um, right, but it wasn't it wasn't like the way that Pulp Fiction is where you don't even know the beginning of the movie is. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so for that, like Reservoir Dogs definitely has that more than most movie does. Mm -hmm. Most movies, but considered, compared to other Tarantino movies, it's not that crazy. Right. Um, did you think the movie was funny? Yeah. I mean, yeah, look at the first scene. Oh, I mean, that, that yeah, sets comedy. it all. Straight comedy. Producer, is there any funny moments, memorable moments that were missing? Did you notice the soundtrack, by the way? Yeah, well, I mean, Tarantino does that with a lot of his movies. He puts in, like, certain songs to... Almost memorable songs. Yeah, very, just very, like... Well, iconic, maybe. Basically. Yeah, he's he has a very good job of, like, you know when there's a great score to a movie like the same way that there's like the Toy Story theme where you can hear that anywhere and you immediately know that you're in Toy Story. Yeah. Tarantino does that with like already big hit songs but he puts them into his movies in like iconic scenes so whenever you hear that song in real life you're like oh shit I just ruined right. this song for me. Even in like Django. Yeah. When he <laughs> plays that Rick Ross yeah. Black Coffins during like this 18 fucking period. No not 18. Was it? No. It would have to be like nineteen. It would have to be early nineteen hundreds. If I had to guess. Yeah. It's eighteen hundreds. <laughs> it's eighteen hundreds. It's eighteen hundreds, guys. God damn Bet. Hold on. Bet. Bet. What do you want? Five guys. <clears throat> you already owe me a lot, so let's, let's just move on. Okay. <laughs> five guys times two. I'm not trying to get five dudes. All right. So let's just stop. It's eighteen hundreds. <laughs> All right. Moving on to Pulp Fiction. Wait. You when the movie's it? based or when? When it's, it took place, yeah. The time oh. period of the movie. Basically. I found I found the date by the way. What is it? Eighteen fifty eight. Okay, cool. See, like I said, eighteen hundreds. <laughs> so you owe me lunch? Didn't shake on a bitch. Wow. <laughs> uh, Pulp Fiction, starring Uma Thurman, Samuel Jackson, John Travolta. What's some of your uh, most memorable moments of Pulp Fiction? And when did you see it first? I kind of already said mine were together, so I'm good on mine. Right. Um. Probably a couple years after um, I saw Reservoir Dogs. Okay. I think I didn't finish it the first time. That's fair. It's a I, fucking long movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so long. And and most of that, it's because of, well, I, I guess they both have a huge, um, you know, that, that intro where it's just the cast. Right. But it lasts like five oh, minutes. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, He's one of the last directors that are still doing that. There's like the, the people who do the James Bond movies. Uh -huh. I was going to say Spectres. Mission Impossible that. and then Quentin Tarantino. Nobody else really does the long intros anymore. I Sam Raimi used to do it. 
Some, it just depends, because if I like the movie, fuck you, put the longest intro in there as you want. Like we did Spider-Man 2's review, mm-hmm. and I saw that intro, I was like, I didn't even mind, because you hear that big Spider-Man score, you get totally no, but, invested. But if it's a bad movie, you better fucking rush through this intro, because I'm, like, I'm not sitting around for this. I think I've only let it pass with Spider-Man. I don't think I've ever, because it's not even the 007 movies. There's a good score, though, in, in one of the 007s, in Casino Royale, that music's really good. You know my name? You don't I, th- I think it, I, I'm. I don't think that one's as bad, but I, I'll still skip through it. You're a communist, probably. Producer, when did you first see Pulp Fiction? Was it recently? I feel like it was within the last five years. I'm gonna say six years. Because I I saw it right after I started getting into basically Tarantino. Dudes. So. So right after I saw Inglorious Bastards, I went. Did you say dudes? What no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was um. I want to say six years ago, right before I went to college. You went to college? Yeah. Six years ago? Yeah. How old are you? I'm 24. Wait, I think I'm doing my math wrong. You can go to college at age 18. Yeah. No, I will. Moving on. Anyways. What's your most memorable depressing Pulp Fiction. He just had a midlife crisis mid podcast. Yeah, I'm 24. God damn. It's like we've been recording for 26 minutes. God. (laughs) I'm 26 years old. Coincidence? (laughs) Um, what What was the question? Bruh, what were some of your most memorable moments of Pulp Fiction? Oh. The entire movie. Good talk. So for me, I think the, the dance-off scene, is as cringy as the dance moves were, I still love that scene anyway. That's one of my favorite scenes. That's actually one of my least favorite scenes. Really? Whatever, yeah. Haters Corner. I think the, the $5 shake is like that one was of my funny. favorite conversations in a movie. That's one thing about both Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Anytime a main character is on screen talking, you better be fucking paying yeah. attention because they're telling their hand mm-hmm. and their personality with every decision that they make. Mm-hmm. Tarantino is so fantastic in writing great dialogue yeah. where you just have to pay attention. It's not like when I talk about Heath Ledger as like the Joker being one of the best characters because you have to listen to everything he says. Every single ca- t- character in a Tarantino movie you have to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. The only one that I didn't like was Grindhouse. I didn't watch it, so I, I passed. There's a lot of talking in that movie. And When's the last time you've seen it? Huh? When's the last time you've seen it? Uh, I've I, never seen it, but I'm... I want to say maybe like six months ago. Oh, okay. Never mind. And, um, yeah. It's not his greatest. No. I think... Everybody has a dud, though. Yeah, everyone does. Steven Spielberg had a player one. Yeah. Sorry. Exactly. And also Indiana Jones, Crystal Skull. I don't mind the Crystal Skull, but let's move on. God damn. <laughs> uh, best quotes. Does he look like a bitch? No, uh, my favorite quote is um, when they're complimenting the car being clean, and the wolf is like, well, all right, just guys, let's not suck our dicks just yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that's one funny. of the best quotes ever. Ving Rames has the best after rape quote of all time. You okay, man? Nah, man. Nah, man. <laughs> I'm pretty fucking far from okay. <laughs> it's like, there's no better way to handle that scene. Yeah. I think I quote that at least once a week. <laughs> you good, Rich? Nah, man. I'm pretty fucking far from okay. Are you big rings? Um, <laughs> best moments of the movie. Producer, what do you got? I have to say the, the dancing scene. I really like it. But also, where Vincent Vega turns around when they're in the car and shoots the guy accidentally. That's like, so that funny. Was such yeah. a, that, like, the came fuck out did of you nowhere. do? 
Mm-hmm. And even the like the beginning scene when they're talking. That that stairway walk. You know what I, I mean? That stupid show, Big Bang Theory, how everything's about them walking upstairs. Yeah. And they're supposed to be talking about mundane stuff. Mm-hmm. When Pulp Fiction did it, you know, 15 years ago. But they talked about real shit. Yeah. Where he's like, no, you can't massage another man's, another woman's feet. <laughs> and then, what else would I say? I that overdose scene was rough. Yeah, I'm surprised we even hit that yet. Uma Thurman, how do you feel about her in this movie? It's my favorite Uma Thurman. Yeah. Uh, acting. It's better yeah. here than Kill Bill. Better here than it is in fucking producers. Producers, yeah. Okay, hold on. How the hell did that move? move <laughs> I thought you were gonna say to? my super ex girlfriend. You're my super ex girlfriend. Okay. Fucking any plot holes you noticed in the movie? A Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's up Are with you? the bandaid on the back of his neck? That's not from that's the after. rape, right? That's that's what I mean by Pulp Fiction. You don't even know when it begins. That's from the rape. Yeah. Is it from the rape? Yeah. All the the Bruce Willis storylines completely at the end of the story. The end of the because the end of the movie is completely Bruce Willis. When story. they're talking in the bar. That's after rape? Yeah. It can't be, because... We have to watch the movie again. How? Because after they, they leave the, the, the little rape, rape dungeon, right. they go their separate ways. Right. But in, in this one, I remember seeing the, the, the Band-Aid on the, on the bar scene when, when, you know, Vince and... I can't remember his name. All right, so the, maybe the Band-Aid's from... The interaction between... Oh, no, it still doesn't make it's sense. Because there's still... I don't know the, the linear story of this movie, and that's why it's so good. I'm not disagreeing with that. I just really <laughs> want to know what happened. Cause there's it's actual... The there's somebody who's actually cut it up into like the way it's supposed to be played, and it's total shit. Is it? Yeah, I heard I heard that it was like cringy to, walk, to get through when it's actually played scene by scene the way it's supposed to. That's oh. almost like 300. Yeah. It's where if you speed up all it's the slow motions... Huh? Oh, speed up all the slow-mo scenes. Yeah, yeah okay. I heard that if you like speed up all those slow-mo scenes, it's like a 30-minute movie. That's pretty rough. Wow. Yeah. Slow-mo is so annoying in that movie. Uh, soundtrack for Pulp Fiction, did you notice it? Yes, but I can't remember. Okay. What's so the producer? <laughs> so I don't know. So no. <laughs> I mean, the first song that comes on. Yeah. There you go. No, I'm not going to hum it for you, but... <laughs> it, It's that Black Eyed Peas song. More memorable for well, me no, is that... Well, covered um, it in their yeah, version. But, <laughs> but imagine if it's just Black Eyed Peas singing. You can just hear Fergie jump in. I know. <laughs> the Kahuna Burger. That's, that that's, whole dialogue is the best. so beautiful. It's so good. Royale. Oh, that's that that's that Hawaiian burger joint. <laughs> Royale with cheese. What, what do they call a quarter pounder in, in England? This is when Samuel L. Jackson was doing good movies. He's still doing good movies. You better watch your mouth. I didn't like Kong. Skull Island. That wasn't great. I'll give you that. What separates uh, Pulp Fiction for you and makes it special, producer? I think is how non-linear it is. For sure. I think Give it's, it credit for that. It's one of the first movies to really do that. Explore it, yeah. And to still actually do it right. What's the last scene like, of the movie? It's They're both it's, at the little restaurant diner. It's, it's when it's, both uh, Samuel Jackson and um, John Travolta show up at the diner. Yeah. And then oh, I rescue. Oh, I want to Vegas, like the real character. That's funny. Yeah, and then rescue the, the the patrons from the yeah from the two people. Which is also the beginning of the story with Harvey Keitel. Yeah. Um, or not with Tim Roth. Sorry. But the only other movie to kind of like do non-linear that intense is uh, Memento. Yeah. But that one's one you have to watch like a few times. That movie makes me sick almost. Yeah. It's so much going on. I only watched it once, though, so maybe I need to see it again. Yeah, I've only seen it once, too. Pulp Fiction, was it funny? Oh, actually, sorry, I didn't want to skip you. What separates Pulp Fiction for you? Makes it special? 
um, kind of what Jose said, the story, and um, how you have Who to pay attention. Who the fuck is Jose? I forgot we're still doing that. The producer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's not a not a linear story. Okay. Um, Any uh, Goldblum Awards you want to reserve for uh, Reservoir Dogs? I shouldn't have said reserve and reservoir in the same sentence. Reservoir. Reserve and reservoir. Honestly, I thought that movie was going to be about like an actual water reservoir. That, oh boy. That these, these guys were protecting or something. Where's all the water? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like the me. guy walking into Rogue One thinking it's episode 8. Yeah. Where the fuck is Ray? <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, what was the question again? Is there anybody you want to nominate oh. for a Goldblum Award? Okay. In Reservoir Dogs? I think Tim Roth. I okay. Gonna, I would honestly give it to Tim Roth. He, was, he did really well in this movie. Okay. I would actually give it to... Well, let me find out his name. Um, Steve. Steve Buscemi? Yeah. Mr. Pink? Yes. He's super good in that. So you'd say uh, Goldblum Moore nominee? Yes. For Buscemi and for Tim Roth? I would, yeah. That's so funny. I want to go Harvey Keitel. Reservoir yeah. Dog has some, has some bangers. Yeah. Okay. I'll go with that. Yeah. I need a, I need a, uh, a mark. I don't have one. Mark. Death mark. Pen? Yeah, that's good. You're good. For Pulp Fiction, is there anybody we want to nominate for a Goldblum Award? Sam. Sam? Yeah. That's kind of weird. His name's Sam. Yeah, I don't like it. It makes me angry. That's weird. You think he'd get mad if we ever met him and just walked up to him and we're like, hey, what's up, Sam? Well, did you ever hear the speech after episode three came out for Star Wars? He goes, the next person who comes up to me as Master Windu, my name is Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) Stop referring to me as Mace Windu. Pulp Fiction, so we got two for Sam. I'd go, yeah, definitely one for Sam. I don't know if I want to say two, but I can't. I don't want to waste a, a, a vote. All right, we'll skip it then. All right. So, if you were to rate Reservoir Dogs from the first time watching it, and then again for now, what are your two ratings? I'll say nine for both. Okay. And I will go Reservoir Dogs. First time I watched it, I don't really want to judge. It's my first time score because it's, mm-hmm. I almost don't even give it credit. I'll say eight both ways. Producer, what do you give uh, Reservoir Dogs first time watching? I would say an eight. Both? Huh? For both scores? For seeing it the first time and then now? Yeah, pretty much. Because like, okay. sometimes it, there's a different view yeah. the first time. I guess uh, bef- when I first saw it, it was like an 8. Seeing it again, it's definitely uh, an, an 8.5. Okay. And Francisco, if you were to pick a movie to go to the next round between Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, what would be your movie? Reservoir. And what's your score for Pulp Fiction? 8.7. 8.7, and what about your first viewing? 4? Ouch. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I mean... I feel like there's going to be a tiebreaker. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a discussion. Yeah. Shit. I don't like being in this position. <laughs> okay, so for me, Pulp Fiction, the first time I watched it again, just like Reservoir Dogs, I couldn't give it a fair view. I'd say the my memory of what I would give Pulp Fiction pre, you know, bracket screening, mm-hmm. I would say it's probably an 8.5 for my first viewing. And now it's... Very close to a 9.5. I'd say like 9.3. Okay, so would you like to have first argument with the producer on why Reservoir Dogs should move on, or would you like me to vote for... Er, no, I'll go first. Okay, so... I'll, I'll just say this one thing. Without how, re- how long should we have? A minute? Uh, as much as you want. Okay. Um, for me, is without Reservoir Dogs, you can't have Pulp Fiction. That's how strongly I feel about it. And that's why I feel like it's it's a better movie. 
that's, that's it. it. That's it. <laughs> All right. As great as Pulp Fiction is, if I'm just going to poke flaws into the movie, I don't necessarily like the ending because I feel like the whole story was just such a ride and then it's over so abruptly. Mm-hmm. It just felt like kind of like a blow to you as a viewer. As where Pulp Fiction ends on kind of a happier note. So I like leaving a movie with just like a more optimistic feel. That's just the way I like leaving a theater. Um, just, I mean, I'm putting myself out there. Um, I mean, when it comes to Pulp Fiction, the dialogue is just far superior to Reservoir Dogs. The scene walking up the stairs is better than any scene in, in the entire Reservoir Dogs scene. And that includes the table scene to me wow. about the tipping. The, just the walking up the stairs about why you can't massage another woman's feet. The best dialogue in any movie ever. I'll say it now. Um, if I could do another global nomination, it would be for screenplay of this movie. Action's way better in Pulp Fiction, granted much bigger budget. Uma Thurman's whole storyline is completely gripping. It's just such a better movie. $5 shakes, I mean, keep it real. Producer, what's your view? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the <laughs> you, thing. You said I, I didn't need a timer. So much, no, I just have so much to say about... What's another about, flaw, then? About, no, not about the flaws, but the way you just see movies in general... I mean, the fact that you have to feel happy at the end of a movie... I don't have to. I prefer it. I mean, that you're literally killing an, an 60% of other movies False. just because you don't Definitely like not 60. the ending. Where'd you come up with that number? In my head. Okay, no. Um, Maybe 6%. How no. many movies are sad endings off the top of your head? Sad, straight up sad endings. A couple. A couple, exactly. Not 60%. I mean, all of Harry Potter movies kind of ended bad. Yeah, I really hated the end of Sorcerer's Stone where he won the house cup and, and threw his fucking hat in the air. The fourth one was like the... Yeah, the fourth one was the only sad one and sixth. Or the seventh part one. No, it was six. Six. Sixth and seventh part one actually because yeah. Dobby does. Okay, what about A Million Dollar Baby? Could it be a sadder movie? It was a good movie, but I didn't have, I didn't like it. Which exactly. puts exactly into my, into my story. I don't like sad endings. Do you know what movie I'm talking about, uh, Jose? Million Dollar Baby? Baby? Yeah. Yeah. I know what He unplugs her. Spoilers. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's going back to watch the 2006 release Million Dollar Baby. It, it's probably on Netflix. But it is. It is. It, it, we probably, well, not anymore. Not anymore since we mentioned it on the bracket. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Hashtag Netflix hates us. We're going to get sponsored by Hulu. Dude, I'll get sponsored by anyone. I am a whore. Okay. Um, Support your cause. Per- Tell the producer why Reservoir Dogs needs to be in the second round. I don't want to hear any Back to the Future bullshit after this. Okay. <laughs> the fact that you, you feel like you come out that. confused in Pulp Fiction is also another uh, big, big negative for me. I because not confused. I was happy. Happy? About about what? Because Samuel Jackson is following his his character's story. His character's story is, is to be better than the, the scene he's already in. So he leaves to live a safer life. And... Vincent Vega, John Travolta stays behind, and that's why he gets killed in the next scene by Bruce Willis. And that's good. So Samuel Jackson got out of that situation. His story, like his character's story, is a happy ending. But fuck everybody else. I mean, most of the story was Samuel Jackson. He's the one who won the Oscar for everybody in this room. I'm not speaking falseness. Okay. (laughs) He's giving me the weirdest look. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it either. (laughs) So. I'll tell you one more thing. Reservoir Dogs, and especially to to USA, you know, as somebody that wants to be in the film industry, uh, this is one. This is the movie that a lot of people go to for starting a a, a movie um, as a, as a director. You know, it's it, 
I don't know. The, to me, that that should have the uh, a lot of sentimental value for uh, for our producer here. I'm mm-hmm. just trying. To, I'm trying to bribe him a little bit. I, if I could have one more point. No, you can't. What's your uh, What's your decision, producer? I can have one more point. No, when your pinkies up. I'll allow it. Okay. Now, what a fantastic point you just made, and I'm not even gonna begrieve you for it. That was a fantastic point. It is a great directorial debut. But directorial debut versus Pulp Fiction, it's night and day. Pulp Fiction is far superior. You turn on Pulp Fiction and you're smiling 90% of the movie. The movie is pure joy from start to finish. You don't think that without oh, Reservoir Dogs, wasn't it my, wasn't it my, you, you wouldn't even have your Pulp Fiction? You wouldn't, and you're absolutely right. That doesn't make it better. It makes it... It kind of does. No. It kind of does. Okay. So you... I will say this. So in the beginning... I was going more towards Pulp Fiction because, you, like, you, your argument was that it had better um, dialogue and just better characters and everything. But then somehow I was moved over by Reservoir yes. Dogs. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you kind of won me over in a little bit. But then you just came back and said, gotcha. <laughs> when you watched this movie, you were pretty much smiling for most of the scenes. And honestly, so, some of the things in Pulp Fiction... If you take away the linear, like non-linear stuff, it's probably not that good of a movie. And whereas Reservoir is a better, it still has a little bit of like non-linear, but it's more a straight movie than Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so your rating for but, Reservoir Dogs pre-speeches was eight point five. Yeah, has that gone up since then? For Reservoir Dogs, yeah. No, I still think... You're standing on 8.5 after that argument. (laughs) So, I will say, with Pulp Fiction, it would have... It would be a 9. So, I'm going to give it to Pulp Fiction. (laughs) Damn. You had me, and then he he started talking again. You were smart to try to cut me off. (laughs) I honestly was going to say Reservoir Dogs, because he had me in the beginning, and then you started talking about what you were... Like, your structure and everything, and I was like... Actually, you know what you're thinking about right now is we need more fucking viewers <laughs> to be voting on these fucking scenarios. We need to get guests just to vote. Yeah. That's uh, actually not a bad idea. We should try that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Jazz would be down. But we did take the one movie that she was going to want it to be part of. Yeah, well, she'll get over it. Okay. Well. So moving on to the next round of the bracket. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. All right. Your next movies is going to be... Good this was done by two, both of you guys. What does that mean? Because I haven't seen one of these movies. Oh, well, actually, I haven't seen either of these movies. So I don't know if they're similar or not. But okay. it will be Shawshank Redemption oh, boy. versus Rain Man. Nice. I haven't seen Rain Man. Okay. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> so that is your next... Why does he always yell at me? The next fight. I'm a person. And time to talk it out. How do you feel about the decision? Are you as angry as you thought you'd be? I mean, I knew it was coming. If really? I'm being honest, I was like, I was like knowing knowing the producer. I knew you were gonna pull pull fiction all the way. I I, I wasn't even gonna try yeah. to to change your mind. That's the, on on my eyes. I was like, he's gonna pull pull fiction. Mm-hmm. And mine was, I might be able to to convince the producer. But in in my mind, I was like, it's most likely gonna go pull fiction, and it's just because. Um, it you can tell it had a bigger production value, which makes That's the movie fair. make yeah. make uh, it, it, it's the the movie's prettier, in my eyes. But for me, the the Reservoir Dogs is is kind of a legacy of of what Tarantino is. It's excellent. It, 
Yeah, no, this movie's fucking great. Yeah. I mean, you did convince me. Like, I was going to vote Reservoir Dogs, but then he had to talk again, and then I, know. I went on who the site Who can say no to that pretty face? <laughs> oh my God. Radio. <laughs> All right. All right, so let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. So first thing up this week, we had a fan question. Why has no one talked about the Captain Marvel trailer on Twitter yet? Like, everybody's just waiting for, for, for people to wake up to Captain Marvel. Because we're tired of, of Captain Marvel, the franchise. Then um, that's really bad. Sorry, I said we were gonna call you out on that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, I mean it's 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 tough. A little bit facetious, obviously. There's a lot of people talking about the Captain Marvel trailer, but I just feel a, a general sense of disinterest in the universe right now. Yeah. Even the people who are Marvel diehards, is which it, I would consider myself, it's up. Is it because you just want to watch the last movie? You no, because I want to see the conclusion of Avengers Part 2. That's, that's, yeah. so Until that happens, I don't care what happens in the well, meantime. It's, well, it's, it's, it's going to be a big part of it's that It's a roller so. coaster, and, and that's what I've been, I've been seeing with this movie. It's decent movie with, you know, with, or really good movie with Iron Man, and then a couple bad movies, and then really good movie with Avenger, and then a couple decent movies, and then Ultron, and then, you know, and then a couple bad, and then, you know. So every movie kind of has to outdo the other one, and at a point, you get things like Ant Man and Ant Man Two, and and which Captain are Marvel, movies, though, which are thing. decent, but you don't really care because the stakes universe, are not yeah. so high. Yeah, you know, so like I just I I hate it. I think what Avengers Infinity War did was it created a void right now in the Marvel universe where we don't know what's going to happen, and we don't like that. Mm-hmm. Like we say, we like unpredictability, but we're in that right now, and nobody's happy. Everybody's like, I don't know what's gonna happen. And we're kind of all on edge with this and happen in the universe. Like, even well, if that's kind of how we were with uh, Star Wars, not getting too sidetracked, but exactly you what didn't I was gonna really... get to. Yeah, one hundred percent, I was gonna get to. What's that? Do you think that it would have been better if they released Captain Marvel before? Yes, Avengers. Well, Infinity War. Huh? It wouldn't. Oh, wait, which Avengers? Which one? The fir- Infinity War. Infinity War. So Inf- it wouldn't have worked though. But like, you know, have the movie play out, and then at the very end, have that scene where. Samuel Jackson is calls her, and you already know who she was. You already know, but it would have coming. It would have been different because they a lot of questions would have been like, why is she not there already? Since Thanos is such a big, uh, so that could easily be explained in this movie, easily by she falls into ice like Captain America, easy. But then, then you just have another Captain America movie, and like I said before, no, that's just how you store. That's all I'm saying. There's a way to do it. I don't think she's on Earth when she's not on Earth when he messages her. Right, she's in space. Right, so she wouldn't know anyway. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's very easy to explain why you could do her movie before Infinity War Part One. Yeah, I don't agree with doing it right now because now you're basing all of the the interest being off of the ending of Infinity War. But mm-hmm. if you have the end of Captain Marvel end with her checking a page from somebody who she hasn't heard from in years, as in Samuel Jackson, be like, yeah. "Yo, Samuel Jackson needs you back on Earth," and that's the end of her movie. You're gonna end her movie like, "Whoa, what the fuck's going on on Earth?" You know what? I kind of don't like this movie now even more. Right now, just because we're talking about it. Because it kind of feels like they added that just so we go see the next film. I just said that. Did you? Yeah. Well, I I wasn't really listening. Sorry, buddy. Anyway, so I saw the worst tweet of all time. Brought it up. Thanks, buddy. Can you read it? All right. So, I'm not going to say her name. Please don't. Um, This lady tweeted out. In the first Captain Marvel trailer, Samuel Jackson's character has 67 words. Brie Larson's character, i.e. Captain Marvel, has 33 words. Come on, Marvel. 
That's so sexist. As in, Samuel Jackson, the leader of the fucking Avengers, has 67 words introducing the fans into Captain Marvel, because we've never heard Captain Marvel's voice before. Mm-hmm. So the main voice of Captain Marvel's trailer is Samuel Jackson be like, we needed a hero. And it's Captain Marvel's like origin story. Mm-hmm. But this lady's complaining because it's a Captain Marvel trailer, and she only gets 33 words in the trailer. Got it. And she expects like somebody to like answer her complaint. And literally, there's like thousands of retweets being like, bitch, what are you talking about? And she's just hammering into dudes being like, oh, you're just misogynist. That's It's so upsetting. And then I... I, I texted pi- you guys. I, I just picture her like going in to see the movie and just doing a count, right, for every single word that each character says. Yeah. Right. Or how about how about she goes into the theater and just stares at how many long-haired people are in the crowd, like, mm, not enough women, gotta tweet. Like, I hate this woman already, and she's verified. It's so upsetting that somebody like verified. that can be verified. Maybe she got verified by the same reason. I should be more toxic. That's so gross. <laughs> I think I already am. That's so gross. You're never gonna be as toxic as that lady. Oh. Are we good oh. on Captain Marvel? I guess so. Yes. Alright, on a scale of 1 to 10, are you? how are you excited are you? Um, probably a 4. Where are you? I'm, but I'm a 7. It, then again, it's, it is pretty early on. I mean, I wasn't yeah, very really excited. Yeah, teaser so far. Uh, I wasn't very excited for Venom, and I mean, I'm, I, I kind of want to watch it. I'm, I'm really excited. I feel like... So what's your rating for 1 out of 10 I'm, for Captain Marvel? I already said it, a 4. Okay, I'm at like a five, yeah. yeah. We're in the middle. I'm just excited because it's a new superhero, to be honest. That's cool. We've kind of just been like... Hanging out with the same dudes. Yeah, even with... Because they added Black... Scarlet Witch, but you already knew who she was. Yeah. But even then, it's like Black Panther was like the last mo- like right. movie that I was like super excited right. about because... And you get all their side characters too, which is cool. Like you got M'Baku and Black Panther, who was like yeah. one of my favorite characters. Yeah, so I'm just hoping that it's a good movie. It just enhances the the whole franchise better. You know what's cool is Jumin' and Sue's in it again as the guy who catches Scar- uh, Star-Lord in yeah. Guardians. I was really excited about seeing that. Also, He's going to play like one of her like dudes. Uh, Ronan like, the Destroyer is going to be in the... Well. Yeah, which is a good backstory for him too because yeah. it might make Guardians even better as well. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. So I wonder if she's going to be hanging out in Xandar a lot. Maybe. And you get a lot more of that planet which is, might be why they didn't show it in, in Avengers because yeah. you're going to see more of it now. I didn't like that they showed a blockbuster. That was my thing. I loved you compl- it. You tweeted about it. Huh? You well, like said it at look, the time. I, no, I said uh, when Captain Marvel comes out on DVD, I think it would be funny if Netflix had it streaming because mm. you would have an image of a blockbuster on the Netflix website when Netflix got rejected by blockbuster when it first started. So I thought mm-hmm. oh, that would be pretty like ironic to mm-hmm. have that, you know, the one thing that destroyed your whole company. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um but it's also, it's like, it's just nostalgia, like, just... I like it's, it. nostal- it's 90s hype now. Yeah. They're skipping, they're, they're over the 80s now, it's all 90s hype, which I don't know if I like it, because you so, can do it really wrong if you yeah. if you pick on the wrong subjects. Mm-hmm. Like, if they go grunge, and if they go, like, the cool kids were all, like, the stoners, that might get cool. Yeah. But there's a very, like, weird way to do the 90s to make it all about jocks, and I don't think anybody would like it. Well, I, I just don't like when they do, like, movies that take place of, like, in a certain era... And you're just like, look, this movie came out in this, yeah, in, like this. Look time. at the Terminator poster. Yeah, exactly. So that's what, that's just like one well, that's thing. What I they never... did it a lot. They you did the somewhat. On it. They did a few times, like, yeah. but it was like really hidden. They did that during. Um, Stranger Things. No, uh, they for sure the X Men movie. The yeah. Days of Future Past. No, 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 no. Um, Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah. Whereas, like, they were going to a mall and they're wearing right. like '80s clothes. It's, it's like so we get it. It's the '80s. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck. I, I don't know. <laughs> the, 
I feel like the X-Men universe is completely living in freedom where like they can't fail anybody anymore because they've already done the worst things. So, no, no. Coming back to the X-Men, I remembered one thing that we were going to talk about. Kevin Feige was now announced that he was going to be taking care of the X-Men universe, Fantastic Four, and Deadpool. Nice. Since now Disney owns Fox, they have the rights to the movies. So Kevin Feige is going to be overseeing those movies now. Dope. So... But then again, I'm kind of burnt out on X-Men movies. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I don't want to see anymore. I mean, there's a lot of X-Men movies, X-Men characters that you haven't seen. Yeah, but... Um, I'm burnt out on Wolverine. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, but I Same. mean... They're going to bring it back. You know that. Not not Hugh Jackman, know, but they're going to bring someone else. Hugh Jackman might come back. I don't think so. I think he, so. I think he's completely done. I think Did they he? could pile enough money on his house he'd come back. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking... In, like, Disney. 10 years, if he comes back as, like, old man That's Wolverine. fucking, yeah. They're gonna, they're gonna do it somehow as a, some cameo or whatever. I think I'm he's a little... He's not starring, for sure. I'm I'll bet. I'll bet. I'll bet you something that he, he'll be Wolverine one more in time. In an action in, role? Because he was pretty whack in Logan. The only thing... What? It was all CGI. It wasn't really Hugh Jackman. What do you, You're like, aware what, of that, right? What do you mean? Like, Hugh Jackman Logan? wasn't actually doing the stunts in Logan. It was all CGI. I don't think so. Some. I mean... Am I ruining Logan for you guys? Like, are you serious? Really. The dude's like 55. But... I mean, he, he doesn't look 55. I mean, he has muscles like a fucking 29-year-old. Yeah, but so do you. I wish. I look like Hugh Jackman. Anyways, I think the, the only time I, I'd find it acceptable to bring Wolverine back would be for a Deadpool movie. Don't that's what that's what I was disappointed about Deadpool too, is that I thought Hugh Jackman was going to be in it. I mean, there's the the yeah, me too. the it footage of you him. could get him being in the mask that's, and say Bub. And that's I'm done. and that's the thing. Um, and I think we've made this point before. It it would have been it would have been a better Deadpool movie if Wolverine's it's in it, but it wouldn't have been a better. Logan movie if Deadpool was in it. Oh, I think it's so you were different. Saying that you wanted yeah, Deadpool. I just fundamentally disagree with that. No, it's uh, for me. I think we both we all disagree. On and it's because still like Deadpool's still the underdog. So it's having somebody like like you know Hugh Jackman in the film. It would have been such a you know like oh my god he's actually in the film because mm, it's yeah. still like a oh we're low budget and we can't get all these cool actors you know yeah. as a Logan you know it's a multi million dollar franchise and if you get you know, Deadpool know. in there. It's a but even then, eh. it's just like Deadpool says a bunch of like mm-hmm. immature jokes, and to have him in Logan, which is yeah, like it a serious. It you didn't have to, that's what I was. That's what I was trying to explain. Is like you don't have to even say have him say ten words. You just have him say, "You're on my hit list. I have to kill you." Some bullshit like that. Say like one quip. That's all you need. But then that doesn't make Deadpool cool. Right, it just but, seems like right, it. but it, to me, Wolverine versus Wolverine is way worse than a, even an over talky Deadpool. Because you're just seeing literally a clone of Wolverine, also yeah. CGI by the way, that's what fighting against like. himself. But that's so that's, of, that's already that's, terrible to me. That's like a two on the scale of one to ten in that fight. No, that fight's supposed to be epic. Did you like Juggernaut as the main villain in, in Deadpool Two? No, it was I didn't love it, it was but horrible. it was it was fine. I hated it. I didn't like the little kitty there. No, like the little fat kitty was whack. Yeah, yeah. That Deadpool was just kind of. But even Cable, they they turned him out like they made him seem like such a friendly. badass character, and then they barely used him. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a I little mean, bit of a bitch, too. Yeah, he's yeah. super short. It was... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean because he was short, I meant because he had feelings. Also, I didn't like that they... The whole thing about the movie is that Deadpool's girlfriend died, and then at the end, he just saved... He, like, goes back mm-hmm. in time and saves her. Yeah. Is that the point of the movie? Yeah. 
I thought she died. She died, but then at the very, very, very end, he, he's like, I, I, I can still go back in time and save them. Okay. And he says, save her. Yeah, so. no, it's... it's yeah. The more I think about Deadpool 2, the more I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, Fucking Deadpool... time travel, bro. The one thing I, Yeah, it kills it. Time travel every, every time. time. Except That's for what I, Back to the Future. Except for Back to the Future. That's what I talked about, the Cursed Child, the Harry Potter book. It's so bad. That's what we're friends. <laughs> Fucking time travel. That's a, Time travel. <laughs> it's the worst. We disagree in everything except This time is why I was so upset when Interstellar got matched up to Back, Back to the Future anyway. I'm like, these aren't even the same things. Uh, it's apples and oranges. Um, but yeah. Deadpool sucks. Um, How dare you. What do we have next? In fairness, though, Deadpool kind of got Star Wars where it got so overhyped that it had to come crashing down anyway. Yeah. Because well, just, after Deadpool 1, everybody was on board. Mm-hmm. It needed to come down a little bit. Yeah. Well, I just think they could have, I don't know. It could have no, been they, better, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it could have way better. Way better. Um, let's talk. Do you think part of that is the director leaving? Or changing directors? I think. Right? They still had the same writers, though. It had the same but, writers, but it didn't have the same feel. I yeah. think this was more of a, a kid movie. Yeah. More than the first one, where the first one, they kind of didn't care about yeah. boundaries. First and, one's so funny. Yeah. Which, if you didn't know, the guys who wrote Deadpool also wrote Zombieland. I know. It's the best. Yeah. Did we talk about how Zombieland Two? Zombieland Two is coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope they don't fuck it up. I'm so worried. I mean, Deadpool Two. I mean. No, I like Zombieland way better than I like Deadpool. Where? How are they gonna? But they, I'm saying, you how are they seen... gonna start Zombieland? Does it have have they confirmed? No it? idea, dude. It's ten years later. Oh fuck! Oh, I like that. That's kind of cool. They're, but the thing <laughs> is, I feel like they're gonna give Woody Harrelson and Abigail Breslin like love interests, is also it? in the group, and just make the group even bigger, and that makes me annoyed. Yeah, because I want the group just to be those four. They're gonna have to add more people. Yeah, they're I know, gonna but I just hate way that. more people. Do you think they might like poke at the Walking Dead? I kind of hope, hope so. not. Yeah, they they're probably will. Dude, I'm gonna cry if they do. Um, they'll probably make fun of it more than anything, yeah. especially how they'll bad make it is one now. joke. They're not gonna. Yeah. yeah. Do you think he'll eat a Twinkie this time? Not a real one, the motherfucker. No, I mean, it's been ten years, so. These fucking vegan assholes. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Joker. I'm actually very excited. I don't um, care. Dude, I'm I, so over it. And now I, I yeah. remember where we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I'm just done with the DC universe. For real. But I think seeing... Um, I think with what we got with Jared Leto, I kind of just want to get something good from, from the Joker, this new one. Yeah. I think I'm hoping it's better. I like and, the makeup. Yeah, and lot. it feels less... It feels less DC, and um, by DC I mean like these last couple films. Because I mean the way Christopher Nolan did his movie, you didn't think it was DC at all. You just think yeah. it was a really good fucking movie. Um, but with yeah. with like Justice League and 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 these Batman movies, you really feel DC, where it's like it's like this like you feel it's not even Planet Earth. It's you feel their logo on their pants. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. It's just, I don't know. It feels like if you do you guys mind like, that he's doing a direct Jer- or not Jared Leto a Heath Ledger impression with that fucking shitty face paint? I don't. I don't. I mind. don't. It's I, such I, a cop I, out. I can see how it's similar, but at the same time, I the way I saw it was that Heath Ledger's was very chaotic, so his makeup is just like it looks like he just put it on, mm-hmm. like like just do this and this, and that was it. Whereas uh, Joaquin Phoenix's. Joker makeup looks like he actually took time. And I will for, give so, you that point, and, but and, I don't have to like it. And for <laughs> me, I think it's more of a, 
it's more of a I'm barely learning what what I, what I'm doing, you know, where like I'm still dressing as a clown and I'm still trying to like like look like a clown, where you know you still have a a, a, a younger uh, Joker, um, so he still doesn't you know he's kind of like kind of Batman. What? I don't think so. I don't know who they've they've chosen. I don't think Batman's gonna show up in this movie. I don't think so either. I think it's gonna be more of a central. Ew. I think they, they might had, just uh, have like mentions of them, but I think it they might be had like, versus the Alec or something. Called. Um, Alec Baldwin playing. He was uh, supposed to play Bruce Wayne's dad. Yeah, but he, he backed out. Yeah, but I the one thing I'm not happy about is having an origin story for the Joker. I like I hate it. it. I like it. I yeah, I don't like it either. I th- I think, I, I th- think because, with. With like okay, it's it sucks excited. because you you always have to compare it to to Heath Ledger's Joker, mm-hmm. and it's like the 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 best thing about that Joker is that you didn't know what his backstory was. Was it really the best thing, or it just made him creepier? It made it, him like it made him creepier. But for me, it was like it was it was part of his. It's not because he didn't want you to know. It's because he's trying to infiltrate that person's mind. So he was trying to actually yeah. bring him in. Yeah, you know, but you but, still even even if they did like a little flat like, I don't know like a flashback, it would have ruined it to see like what he was before. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think with the Joker, you just don't know want to know how he became to like. Well, Joker. to me, is that like I, I I already know his origin story because yeah. there's there's already there an origin yeah, story, know. you know. So, but like I, I really want to see what what created the man. Yeah, you know that's that's always something that. That, I mean, that's why you have prequels, because somebody always wants to know, oh, how 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 this happens or why this guy is the way he is, and I'm actually rooting for this movie a lot because I think they can they can do a lot with this. Yeah, I'm hoping it's good. Me the, too. I, Me too. DC needs a fucking win. So and and I feel like if they, they Wonder don't, Wonder Woman, bro. God, I mean, Wonder Woman was like is female. Wonder Woman was like Fetty Wap. It's like one hit wonder. You know. Like you're not gonna have a. Be- well, they, so, can we talk about fuck how, up the villain so much, and at the end of Wonder Woman, can we so also talk better. about how Gal Gadot's not that good of an actress? You're not that good of an actress. I mean, they didn't get her because she was a good actress. You said that. Can I not say me. that? I mean, look at Fast and Furious. Who would you have casted as Wonder Woman? That's funny. Um, no, it's a question. No, because I when Wonder before Wonder Woman came out, I did have uh, I did have somebody in mind. But then when the movie came out, I was like, I don't mind her. So I kind of forgot who I mentioned. I want to say it was the girl from 302. The the, the one that actually sold the, the... Eva Green? Yes. That's a weird casting. I know, but I feel like it would have worked. What? He's who? French, though. I mean... Goddamn Frenchman can't be Captain... They can't be Amazonian? Can't be Amazonian. A, 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 a Israeli woman can? Nope. Exactly. We're not, having, we're not having black human torches, and we're not having French. Whoa! <laughs> what are we saying? Wonder Woman. What? I don't not know what happening. you're talking about. Um, I'm just being the guy. Going back to to the bad. Joker, I, I I really think this this movie, if they keep it more central and more just Joker, and not do too many DC knots like they like to do, I feel like if they just focus on the Joker and what he do, does best, I feel like they can really have a have a good movie. What about uh, Henry Cavill out of Superman? Henry do you care? Uh, yes, I do. I'm such I'm such bum bummed out about it. Well, didn't didn't Ben Affleck already? He's pretty much already out. I no, didn't it's never been confirmed. I think his what was it, his brother-in-law or his brother said. His brother said some dumb shit. Yeah, but I don't think 
Ben Affleck's ever set anything. Well, I think he dropped out as director, but I think he's still. Yeah, he did. I, 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 I such a bad movie. I want. I, I kind of want him gone now that people are starting to say that John Hamm might, you know, have interest on this. Like, I would. I would. I wouldn't care. I don't know why you like him so much. I do. He's so. Is cool. it from Mad Men? It's from Mad Men and also from uh, Black Mirror. That one good episode, yeah. That's a that. fucking great episode. I don't know, just seeing him as Batman, I don't see him beating dudes up. That's my biggest problem with him. He just seems like a nerdy white dude. I know he's probably super ripped in real life, but compared to Ben Affleck or I, Christian Bale... I'm well, like, the eh. thing is is that is that he's such a good like businessman and up-kept dude that I feel like they can give him a better um, Bruce Wayne character. Oh, yeah. And that's what I want. I really want to... Because kind of Christian Bale was kind of cool, you know? Like, you saw yeah. a little bit, but I think... I think, The baller, Bruce yeah. Wayne. But I think with uh, with with um, John Hamm, they can really explore him to, yeah. more and, and just and just give him more of a humane side. Right on. Any uh, any of you guys have any comments about the Star Wars news? Please, uh, please. The Star Wars us. news of they're slowing down movies that were previously fast tracked after the Solo. the announcements. So after Solo went down, and it's been basically agreed that it was a bomb, but I disagree with that because it still made a little bit of money. That being said. They basically said that they're slowing down all production after episode nine is is done. Mm-hmm. So they have the trilogy between uh, D.B. Weiss and David Benioff, the guys who do Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. They're getting a trilogy of some time, some time period. I don't know if it's Jedi related. I don't know if it's Slumlord related. It's going to be a different universe than we're used to. But mm-hmm. there's going to be three movies of that. And the announcement of Ryan Johnson's trilogy was not confirmed with this new move. So that's kind of a big move for me because I was really hoping he was going to get his own trilogy. Mm-hmm. I still hope he does. I hope he does, but there's no guarantee yet. But basically, my big takeaway from this is I'm really upset that like the haters on the internet kind of got their way and got Star Wars to kind of slow down because my big thing about it is like you can hate it and not see it, but like I want to see as much as I can see. Like I'll play the bad video games, I'll read the bad books. I just want to see more content in that universe. Even and the fact are- that they're going to slow it down is just like a bummer. Even that uh, poll, that Poe uh, movie... TV show? I've warmed up to it. There's another trailer where it's um, Donald Faison from Scrubs. Uh-huh. He's playing like one of the pilots, and his name is uh, like Lucky Faison or something like that. So Dave Filoni, the creator of Rebels and in Clone Wars and this new Age of Resistance show, he basically went to Donald Faison and he goes, I'm going to write a character for you. What do you want to do? I so am, just that alone, I'm already interested. I am a bigger... I'm, a, I'm always a believer in... in, in Quant, quant, uh, quality, quality, quality over quantity. So having so many, um, so many. I see what you mean, though. So many um, Star Wars movies being being made, thrown at your face. You know, kind of like Marvel's doing. I was I, about to say, it, yeah. I kind of, I, I kind of. I, I hate the hard I, I, I yeah. like the move of saying, you know, what well, we're gonna slow down. We're gonna rethink this. And you already have Star Wars. For people that don't know who Star Wars was, you already do. And now maybe in a couple years we can spend spend out a little more mm. and do some other things instead of just, you know, maybe having a really good film in, in 2020 just do really bad because people are tired of, tired of Star Wars by then. You know, so I feel like if you just have people wanting more and, and having them wait, I think uh, really good movies can come out. The only reason that 
that I disagree is because Marvel's doing it the way that just turn out as many movies as you want per year. Mm -hmm. And some of them you're going to skip. Like, you said you skipped Ant-Man. You said you skipped uh, Thor Ragnarok because you were just kind of burnt out on the universe. Mm -hmm. Just because you skipped didn't mean people didn't go out and see those movies and really, really enjoy them. Yeah. So there's going to be movies like the Ant-Mans that aren't going to be big hit, not banger movies. But there's also going to be movies that, like Thor Ragnarok that follow that up that were fucking fantastic. But do so you, you can't think... Make a, I mean, if you keep going, you're going to make good movies. Do you think that Marvel gets the same hate as Star Wars does? Not even on, close. On, exactly. Not even close. So I think it, it's better as a franchise to say, okay, guys, we're just going to slow down a little bit and we're going to rethink some of our moves and give you quality movies instead of Marvel just throwing you... A, a, a decent film and then just making you laugh half of the time just so you forget about a couple plot holes. You know, you can't really do that with a Star Wars film because you, you take it more seriously as to where a, a Doctor Strange, you know, like, you didn't even feel like it was a tragedy because they're throwing so many jokes at you. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that would never fly in a Star Wars film. Yeah. I, I think, like I said earlier, if you keep making those movies... The reason that you're allowed to keep making them is because you're like Marvel and you only make good movies. Mm -hmm. Marvel doesn't have back-to-back -back duds ever in their in their Correct. record. Correct. They win every other game. Every time. And to me, Star Wars had a big hit with The Force Awakens that broke the records for everything. So you knew that that was the new expectations. And because these new movies have been under that, people are expecting those to be failures. But this movie was an anomaly. We all know that The Force Awakens was a one-time deal. Right. We all know that these other movies aren't... Isn't it a fair comparison to match the the money totals of those movies? Marvel, every movie's a a big hit for them because they don't compare it to Avengers. They just compare Ant Man to Iron Man. Mm -hmm. But Iron Man's also taking Thanos, and when you come from Iron Man is is punching the guy that could destroy destroy the Earth, and now you got this guy who can only destroy Manhattan. The, you know you don't have the same stakes, mm -hmm. you know. And when you have Jedi's against Jedi's. You know, it's there's awesome. exactly, but you know, there's there you at one point you're just gonna get the same thing, and for for Star Wars, I think with all the hate they get, I think it's better if they just you know tune it to maybe take a a, a five year you know. The only reason rest. I hate that is because people hated the prequels when they came out. A lot of people did, and the whole world had to take a ten year break. Before we got The Force Awakens. Actually, a 12-year break. Mm -hmm. So the whole world had to get a break because a, f a lot of the fans just wanted to be assholes. And what we're doing right now in the movies is allowing those fans to be assholes again and make us wait five years now for the next movie. When if they would just be cool like any other movie they go to see and not create forums on YouTube and on Reddit about, like, this is why The Last Jedi sucks, we would still be getting these new movies. To me, it's just that... Some things just have to end, and especially like with, especially with, especially with Jedi, you know. So, for me, it's 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 a better move if they just decide to take a little break. All right. Well, you're wrong. Yes, I am. <laughs> Last Jedi is still the best movie. I don't care. Anyways, that's the bracket. Wow, what? you we cannot finish on that. No, yeah, we can. All right. Okay. <laughs> Signing out. Um. At Flippies all day. And Joe Cisco. And producer. Seducer. That's your new Twitter name? Pro S no. Hell yeah. Oh. It's producer. No. 
You're really creative, huh? Yep. Nice. You should do a podcast. <laughs> I should go to art school. Aren't you editing our recordings? <laughs> All right, thanks for See listening. See you next week.